Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to To A Woman's Heart, where we uplift, motivate, encourage, and empower women. I am so happy that you are here. I do thank you for joining us on this beautiful Tuesday evening. It's always a pleasure, and I appreciate you being a part of this lovely sisterhood. Well, as you all know, tonight's conversation is when life throws you a curve ball. And as you always know, we always start out with a definition. All right. So let's go. So curveball, a pitch thrown with a strong downward spin, causing the ball to drop suddenly and veer to the side as it approaches home plate. And this, this word is a noun and it says in something which is unexpected, surprising or disruptive. Now. When life throws you a curveball, meaning it surprise somebody with a problem, situation, question, etc. that they do not expect and which is difficult to deal with. Just when you think you have it all under control, life throws you a curveball. And sure as you live somewhere in your life. Potentially, there could be a curveball that's thrown in your direction. But the question is, can you hound the curveball that's been thrown in your direction? That's the question. So you might say, what could be a curveball? A curveball can be a loss of a job. A curveball can be sudden death of a loved one. A curveball can be um, somebody has hacked your account. A curveball can be stolen identity. A curveball can be you go to the doctor for one thing and the doctor tells you that you're pregnant. That can be a curveball. A curveball could be the person that you love so dearly. And you all have sat down, talked about it, planned it out, that you was going to get married, and that individual walks away. A curveball is having a baby and find out that it's stillborn. That's a curveball. So in life, it throws us a curveball. Every now and then we get a curveball thrown at us in life. And the question is, how do we handle it? How do we handle when a curveball has been thrown in our direction? It, it disrupts our life. It's unexpected. Um, it catches you by surprise. It catches you off guard. But when those situations happen, and sometimes they do happen, what is our... How do we deal with it? How do we manage the curveball that we've been thrown? Now, I know in identity theft, the first process is to um, start the process to recover and report um, to your financial institutions, report to your credit cards, 
and all those different things. If your social media has been hacked, that's a curveball and somebody pretending to be you, then you can report the social media. But when death happens unexpectedly, a ring at the door, a phone call, how do you handle that? Because curveball, if you ever watch baseball, the balls don't come straight. The ball leaves the pitcher's hand and it looked like it's going to be straight. But somewhere between the pitcher and the person who's hitting the ball, the ball takes a curve and it goes into another direction. Even though it was intended, it was intentionally intended to throw the ball straight. But midstream, the ball curved and went another direction. Same thing when you're in a bowling alley. You can throw the ball straight and you're like, yes, 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 yes. You're watching this ball go down the, the uh, lane and you're watching it go to the middle arrow and you're saying it's going to hit all the pins. But just before it gets to the pins, it curves and it goes in the gutter. And that's what a curveball is. You think everything is good. You think everything is straight. You think everything is hunky-dory. And then there, somewhere in midstream, it takes a turn for the worse. A surprise happens. A problem arises. And in life, when those curveballs hit, sometimes they can knock us clean off of our feet. And it can make us a little dizzy, make us a little woozy, that sometimes we can't even recover from it because it's such a shock to us as an individual, our emotional, our spiritual, and it, and, and it knocks us clean off of our feet. And sometimes when you get that curveball in life, the best that you can do is to ask God to help you to deal with it. Um, to digest it, to try to understand it, and then try to find some solutions to whatever the curveball is. And then once um, you understand what you're sitting in and you understand the curveball that's hit, then you can take the steps to, to try to figure out how to make things better in your life with that curveball. Um, if it comes down to your banking and somebody has to attack your account, financially, the curveball is to call your banking institution and cancel all your, your credit cards. That's the first thing you can do for that. But what about that emotional curveball that is thrown your direction when you have set up a wedding date and you have planned it out extensively and then the individual tell you later on down the line they don't want to do this anymore how do you handle that curveball that's been thrown at you now you can either either wallow and i know it's going to be a stain because you have your heart you made all the necessary step you gather all your people you got your location you got your dress you got all these things that compiles up to make up the special day that you're looking so forward to having. And then this individual throw you a curveball and say, they don't want to do it no more. They don't provide you no reason. And sometimes they may not even tell you. Sometimes they may leave you standing at the altar and don't even show up. You don't get a phone call. You don't get a text message. You don't get anything. 
And it's a shock to your emotional state. It's a shock to your mental state. Now you got all these people sitting in the church. Your family members are sitting there. And now you feel some type of way because you've been left standing. That's a serious curveball. And when you really think about it, are we as women really strong enough to walk away when situations like that happen? Because a lot of individuals can't walk away. Some women actually have breakdowns behind that. They are never the same. And the trust factor that they had disappears. And no matter how good the next person is, no matter how they promise they won't do that, in the back of their mind, because of that curveball that was thrown in their direction, they still have the doubt. They still question whether it will happen for them. And, and you got to understand, because curveballs are not easy to deal with. Just like you go to the doctor and you say you have an upset stomach and the curveball is you've been diagnosed with a deadly disease. Those are things that knock you off of your feet. And will you recover? Will the sting from the, the information you receive, will, are you able to just bounce back up on your feet? No, you're not. Because it's a curveball. It hits you unexpectedly. It didn't come the way you want it to come. It came from another direction. You went into the doctor's office thinking that something's wrong with your stomach. And then they tell you that you have something else. That's a curveball. That's a lot to digest. And then some individuals, when they get those curveballs, they don't share with family or friends. They keep that kind of information to themselves, not realizing when you get those curveballs, that is the time, the most time that you need a family member a friend, somebody's going to be there to support you. Somebody's going to be there to encourage you, to help you to get through it. Because it's hard when you throw in a curveball. Like I said, it stings. It takes you by surprise. It disrupts your life. Um, and then you have to figure out once you actually digest and you understand what has transpired in your life, then you have to figure out how to deal with it. And it's not always an easy solution to deal with it. It's not. And I'm saying that when those curveballs hit you, however they hit you, find you somebody that you can lean on, you can conversate with. Uh, if you're in church, call your pastor. If there's a mother in there that you feel confident enough to talk to, call her up and talk to her. You need, everybody needs somebody. You need at least one person, at least one person that you can go to and talk to about the stresses and strains of life. Because we see it all the time. Stress kills. It is the silent killer. And when you're throwing a curveball, the pressures of life can become so heavy. You don't know whether you're coming or going. And so when you get in that place, you need somebody to help you kind of steer you back to some solid foundation on a good path until you can figure out what your next step or your next move is. We all have them and everybody deals with the curveballs of life differently. Like if somebody passed and for me, 
my father, my mother, and my son. And each one of those situations had a different effect. The curveball with my son was he was my child. So that is somebody that was close to my heart. Now, that one almost took me out, for real. And the only thing that saved my mental state was I called my cousin in St. Louis and I told her, I need to go. Can you get me a ticket? And she did. She got me a ticket. And when I got to Missouri, didn't know how bad I was. But when I got back and I finally fought for myself to get myself back, when I got back, people said, your body was here, but you were not here. Like you was like an empty shell, like walking around in a in a daze. Your eyes was all glassy and glazed. You were not here because that was a shock to me. That was something that I wasn't expecting to happen because on that day I had scheduled um, some time for me to go out and hang out with some of my friends. But for whatever the reason, I couldn't get myself together. I put my car with a, a friend of mine who was going to fix it. So I told him to take my car to fix it while I was going to be out with my friends because I wasn't driving that day. So it was a good time for him to take my car and fix it. I had washed my hair and it was something that would not allow me to get myself together. And so I had the nurse. Uh, she came and pick up my son. Uh, it's called respite hours. So she took my son with her to her house and I couldn't get it together. I just couldn't, couldn't explain why I couldn't get it together. It was just an off day, totally an off day until I got the phone call. So the girls came by to pick me up. I wasn't dressed. My hair was still damp and I was just standing at the window looking out. And it was like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just something I just can't get myself together. And next thing I know, the phone call, the phone rang. And there was the message uh, from the nurse saying my son had passed. So that was a curveball for me. It took me. It took me by surprise. He was only three years old. It took me by surprise. It knocked me off my feet. And so once everything, you know, the, the services went through and uh, once everything was settled, I left Chicago and I went to Missouri. Like I said, my cousin gave me a ticket, but I had an aunt who had a son at a young age who was hit by a truck and died. And so when I got there, um, the emotions was all over the place. They was just everywhere and they just wouldn't stop. They wouldn't stop. They was uncontrollable emotions. And some of the emotions were because when he passed, I had to explain every scar that was on his body. And for me, when they're asking you to do something like that, it's like they're making you feel like you did something to the child. Now, I love my baby. Understand when I say I love my son, I would never do anything to harm him. Um, but just to be made to feel that way was another um, 
jab at my emotions and everything else I was dealing with that was piled up on top of that. And then on top of that, after he passed, now I got to deal with packing up his stuff. And I did all that by myself. There was no support. There was nobody with me. I did all the packing of his stuff by myself. And all I did was cry. All I did was cry because the emotions were so overwhelming. They took over me. So my mental was out of whack. My emotional was out of whack. My spiritual was out of whack. My physical was out of whack. Everybody had their own little thing they was doing on their own. And I was just a crazy individual, period. So when I sat down and I talked to my aunt and she told me, you just need to talk about it. And here is where I say, where we as individuals, we care and we love and concern about somebody, the best thing you can do for anybody who, especially in the situation, in the loss of a loved one, the best thing you can do for them is listen. Let them get it out. Let them talk about it as many times as they like because they need it. That's their outlet. They need something to release the pressure. They need something to release the weight. And it's a heavy weight when you talk about the loss of a loved one. There's a young lady, I was telling her, it gets better with time. And she said, that's what they say. But I don't I don't feel that. And it's understandable because that's somebody that's close to your heart. If it's a mother, father, or a child, those individuals are close to your heart. And that is the hardest thing to digest. Now, what you can do is, which I learned later on down the line, when my mom was sick uh, with pancreatic cancer, I learned to pray more. <laughs> and I don't think I ever prayed so much in my life. But after you watch, after I watched her suffer for so much, I prayed and I asked God to take her. And the curveball for my mother was I was working in Elmhurst at Keebler at the time. And the washing machine had went out. And so me and my boss at our department had went out for lunch. And I just had this uneasy feeling. And I told my boss, let me call because it's kind of picking at me. Let me check on my mother. Well, I called and she usually answered the phone, but she didn't answer the phone this time. So I told her, I have to go. I need to go. I never drove so fast in my life. I think I got home in less than 15 minutes. Understand when I say I broke all the rules and the regulations of the road. Speed and limits passed all them up, but I didn't care. She didn't answer the phone and I had a an, an uneasy feeling. So when I got home and I looked in the bathroom, all I saw was blood. That's it. And... She was laying across the bed with this pail, but she was really jaundice. She was really jaundice. And if you know what jaundice for those who are mothers and had babies, that's when the skin is really yellow. And I asked her what was wrong with her. And she said she didn't feel good. And so I took her to the hospital. I got up, put her in the car, and I took her to the hospital. And what we found out and me taking to the hospital, we discovered that she had pancreatic cancer. So there's a curveball. There's a curveball. And life throws you these curveballs. They, they do. And 
dealing with all of this, you learn that everybody don't understand the shoes, the seat, the road that you walk. They don't understand it. They may say they understand, but they don't really understand what you're dealing with because they haven't had that type of curveball to hit. What I say is when any curveball hit, again, find you somebody supportive, find you somebody you can talk to, find you somebody that, you know, they know how to motivate you and encourage you. Even if the situation look um, dim and it looks dark, there is somebody that has the strength, the power to get you to look at things differently or to help you to look to God, or to help you pray, or to help you digest what you're going through. But the biggest thing I say all the time is talking. It's talking it out. When life throws you a curveball, you need to talk it out. Sitting in silence, shutting out, shutting down, shutting people out is not so helpful because you end up in a depressed state. You end up, your mental is totally out of whack. You end up so depressed that you're so deeply depressed that it's hard to fight your way back to your sanity. And believe me when I say it is a journey. It is a fight to get over some of the curveballs that we as individuals deal with. It's easier said than done. You can say fight, but it's a hard fight. Let me tell you, you got to put some work in to fight your way back to yourself, to fight your way back to a healthy version of you, to fight your way back to get your mental uh, healthy and your spiritual and your emotional healthy. It's a hard journey. I don't care what the curveball is. It's a hard journey because that curveball is something that has knocked you completely off your square. It's totally unexpected. You you can't prepare for a curveball. That's why they're called a curveball. You can't prepare for them. Those are unexpected things. When you think that the road that you are traveling is straight and all of a sudden it take a turn, that's what you call a curveball. You can see when you're going down the road as you walk in the path and it's straight. But when that curve, that all of a sudden that road turns, it's like driving a car, right? So you're driving a car and you're on this street and the road is straight, but you're not expecting this steep curve to hit. Now, you know, it's a curve, but you don't know how steep the curve. And when you get to the curve, you instantly have to put your feet on the brake because it's something that's unexpected. And so curveballs are something that is unexpected and they're very hard to deal with. Some parents who have kids that are incarcerated is a curveball. And a lot of people don't understand the effects of that curveball. It is hard to deal with. We can say how we would respond. We can say how we would react. But you can't say that until you stand in the shoes of those individuals who lost a loved one, who has a person that's incarcerated, who lost of finances, who's been left at the altar, who lost a child, who's been diagnosed with a deadly disease. You can't say how that person should handle the curveball. You can't say that because we don't know how we're going to handle the curveball until we stand in those shoes. 
Every individual that's thrown a curveball handle it differently. Some people cuss. Some people scream. Some people get angry. Some people get depressed. They're stressed. They have panic attacks. There's all variations in the reactions when a curveball comes around the corner and it hits you unexpectedly. So we can sit here and we can pretend that if this happened, then this is how I'm going to handle this. And if this happened, this is what I'm going to do. And then if this happened, this is how I'm going to look at it. And then and if this happened, this is how I'm going to feel. You can say that now until it happens to you. And when it happens to you, your whole perspective, what you said, what you was going to do, how you was going to act, how you was going to think about it, how you was going to just do, goes clean out the window clean out the window because now your emotional your emotions has superseded they take over and some people some individuals are not even sane when certain instances and certain situations happen because like i said curveballs are unexpected they don't you're, that's something that you don't plan for. You don't plan to go to the doctor and be diagnosed with cancer or leukemia or or, or um, whatever the disease is that's deadly that can kill you. You don't you don't plan that. You go to the doctor for a simple issue and you come out with a bigger issue. Now you have to take the time to digest it, and it's hard to digest a surprise. It is. And a lot of people don't like surprises. They don't like surprises whatsoever. They want to be in the know. But let's be honest with ourselves. In life, curveballs are surprises. You may see the package. It may be pretty, it may be nicely wrapped with a pretty bow, but you really don't know what's inside that box. Until you pull that bow and you tear that paper off. That is when you find out what's inside that box. And inside that box, wrapped up in a pretty package in a bow, is a curveball. An unexpected incident, situation, problem, issue that you potentially will have to face. And a lot of us are not prepared. We're not. And let me say this. Some people... Because you are in the word of God, you say you are Christian and things happen in your life, especially the loss of loved ones. People always say to you, hmm, you know, God, you should be over this. You should be over this. You're still human. That's what people forget. You're still human. You still have a human side. You still have feelings and emotions. And I don't care how much you know God. I knew God when my son passed. I knew God when my mother passed. I knew God when my father was murdered. I knew God. I knew him. I still know him to this day. But it does not take away when our loved ones are suffering, when our loved ones or family and friends are sick, when our loved ones, family and friends are hurting. It does not take away the emotional aspect of it. It doesn't. It's a hard pill to swallow, and it's very difficult to deal with at times. It's a weight on your back to want to help somebody and can't. You can't reach them, you can't touch them, and you can't fix it. So those are the things that go along with that curveball. 
You know that the curveball has hit. You can't fix it. You can't touch it. And in death, you can't reverse it. You can't. You can't reverse once your loved ones transition. You can't reverse that. How do you reverse that? How? So we think when we're dealing with these things, we can fix it. Some things we can't fix. If somebody steals your identity, yeah, you can work on that and fix it. But look at the stress to go along with fixing it and how long it takes you to fix when your identity has been stolen. It takes you a long time. But certain things take longer than others. Certain things take not just second minutes, hours, weeks, and days. It takes months and years to get over, to get past it. And it depends on the closeness of the individual. That's what it depends on. It depends on how close you are to an individual. Like, say, a mother and a child. It's difficult when that curveball hits that if the police walk up to the ring the doorbell and said, ask you your name and said, uh, we need you to come down to the police station because your child was shot. That's a curveball because that mother got up, dressed that child, sent the child off to school or the child went to work or whatever it may be. And later on that day, she got a, a, a ring at her doorbell and said the child is gone. That's a curveball. How do you digest that? How do you fix it? How do you do that? You can't fix it. You can't fix it. And it takes you a while to digest it. Because when you're a mother, it goes back to the day the doctors say, mom, or whatever your name is, you're pregnant. Now it takes nine months for that baby to develop. That's a relationship that's being built in those nine months. Some women deliver early, six months and seven months. But in that time frame, the relationship of that parent and that child is being developed. It's an unbreakable relationship. It's unconditional love in that process of that relationship being built. So now after the child is born, now you build a different type of relationship. Now you start to nurture. Now you start to train. Now you start to guide. Now you start to direct. Now you start to pour into that child. Now you get the child to be a teenager. You have hopes and dreams and vision for that child. And then it's gone in a snap of a finger, the curveball. How do you digest that? How? So how can we go to a mother who has lost a child and say, I understand when your children are still living? You can't understand that curveball. You're looking at your kids every day. So that curveball, you can't understand. You can't. And we have to understand that person has to soak it in. They have to sort it out. They have to understand. They have to reason why. And then they have to find a way to deal with it the best way they know how. But is it easy? No, it's not. There's been people who's been diagnosed with cancer and, and nobody knew in their family, their friends didn't know until they got to their last stages. Nobody knew. And then you have to ask yourself the question, why is that? 
Why is it that we keep so much to ourselves when we are throwing a curveball? It's because of our pride. It's because we don't want nobody to have pity on us. Is we is it because we don't want nobody to feel sorry for us? Well, let let's let's talk about that a little bit. If somebody loves you for who you are, then no matter what you go through, they're going to understand. They're going to be motivated. They're going to be inspiring to you. And they're going to be uplifted. They're going to cry with you. They're going to scream with you. They're going to yell with you. And they're going to pray with you. So everybody, now let's be clear. Some people don't know how to handle heavy burdens, not even their own. So they're never going to be equipped to handle yours. Because they can't handle theirs. They don't know how to put those emotions and feelings in the proper bucket for themselves. So they can't handle yours. It's too much for them. So we have to understand it. That's why I say there are some people in your life who you know has your back, your front, your side, your other side, the crown of your head, the bottom of your feet. They're there with you through thick and thin. They're there. And they understand. And then find you some groups that deals with grief. Find you some groups that deal with financial issues. Find you some groups um, that deals with divorce. There are groups for everything. If you don't have nobody you can trust in your corner to talk to, the kind of, and and all sometimes we need is just to talk it out. And when and, and us, in us talking it out, we come up with solutions for ourselves. We just need somebody to just let us vent, to let us just talk it out. And all the time when you're venting, let's be clear, when you're venting, not all the time does venting mean that you're complaining. But that's the way that you filter your system to clean yourself so you can free yourself. Okay, let me say that again. All the time when you're venting does not mean that you're complaining. Sometimes you need to talk it out so you can clean yourself, so you can free yourself. And we know when you go to psychiatrists, they tell you all the time to talk it out. That's the best thing you can do is talk it out. The best thing. And I'll give you another way you can uh, talk it out. If you're not comfortable going to psychiatrist, because I've done this myself and and it works, uh, like I'm talking to you on this stream, you have an iPad, you have an Android tablet, you have an iPhone, you have an Android phone, you have a laptop. Get your camera, get you a chair, turn on the camera, sit in front of that camera and say, Everything it is that you need to say, especially if you feel like you don't have nobody you can trust to share some things with. And I promise you, in talking to yourself and being totally honest and transparent with yourself and looking at that camera, I guarantee you emotions are going to rise up every time. They're going to rise up. And sometimes they say journaling works too. You never know. You might be in a position, sometimes God allows us to go things go through things to help somebody else. All the time we think we're going through a storm is because we're going through because of who we are, something we did wrong. But that's not always the case. Sometimes we go through things to be a testament to somebody else so they can see that if I got through and I didn't crack and I didn't fold, then they can get through. And sometimes that may be 
the book that needs to be written that may save somebody's life down the line. You don't know that. You don't. When my son passed, there was a couple of individuals I talked to that I had no idea that the things I had went through with my son was beneficial for them. And that was years after the fact. So let's realize, even though it looks bad, even though it look rough, even though it look grim and it look dim, we have a story. We have a testimony. And that testimony is all a part of a test. And for you to tell somebody else so they can, like your parents say, not make the same mistakes, learn from it, and learn how to deal with some things. And sometimes with us sharing things with somebody else, help somebody else get through the storm quicker than they would if they hadn't heard your story. We don't know what our purpose is in life. We don't know what we have been through, how it will have an effect on somebody else. But some of us are so fearful in sharing our story that we keep it to ourselves. And that story may be the very thing that saved somebody's life. You don't know that. You don't know that. I think, well, I, I share, I talk. And people probably say I talk too much, but it's fine. It's okay. But I don't know how it would help. And my purpose is to help somebody. You know, your parents just say, I didn't cross that bridge. You got to cross that bridge. Well, if you didn't cross the bridge, why not share what you learned in crossing the troubled waters with somebody else so they can avoid some pitfalls that you experience? Are we not supposed to be a sisterhood? Are we not supposed to look out for one another? Are we not our sister keeper? Are we not? But we are living in society Shame to say that we smile in each other's face, we stab each other in the back, we pull the rug from each other's feet, and we slam the door in, in people's faces. And the things that we do that we think is right is wrong. And we don't realize how damaging, how hurtful is it to somebody else. And the very thing that you do to somebody you think is okay, you will not dare want it done to you. And those are some things we need to really look at. We really need to take a close look at that, bottom line. And all this is about a self-journey. I can't tell you what to do, how to do it, when to do it. I can't tell you when to heal and how to heal. I can't tell you how to mend your brokenness, how to fix your brokenness. But we can talk about ways to get you where you need to be. And if any of these conversations help you in any kind of way, God bless. I'm grateful. I am so grateful because let me tell you something. I don't have no papers, none whatsoever. I don't write anything down, nothing. This is not my platform. It's God's platform. I'm just a vessel. That's it and that's all. I have things I've been through that I've shared. We've all been through some things. We've had some lessons we had to learn. My mama says some the easy way and some the hard way and some lessons we didn't have to buy and pay for. But we ought to get to a point in our life that we don't want to buy and pay for no lessons no more. We don't. We need a, a good support system. We need to go back to the village. Village ain't just for kids. It's for us women too. We need a village. But do we really understand what the village entails? And I don't think we got, we don't understand that anymore. Because if we did, we as women would realize our strength and how much power that we really possessed. We, I've said this in TikTok video, some of us 
imprison ourselves. We do. When we go through the curveballs of life, we imprison ourselves. And sometimes, depending on the situation, we blame ourselves too. And I'm telling you, forgive yourself. Let it go. God allowed things to be for a reason. Everything has its purpose in its place. All you have to do is find the message in the middle of the madness. That's all you have to do. But curveballs, they come. And it's all about how you deal with them. Find you a therapist, a good friend, somebody you can trust and talk to about anything and everything. And you assured that it's not going anywhere else because everybody you can't tell all your stuff to. Let's be honest. You got them individuals that you know that's been with you through thick and thin that you can share your most inner, deepest, dark secret. And they will tell you to your face, you shouldn't go that way. Why don't you think about doing it this way? How about we try this path? I understand that you're hurting. I understand that you got the diagnosis um, of what the doctor told you. But let's find some positivity how we can deal with this. And again, in curveballs, what causes us to sink the fastest is our emotions. Our emotions. And then in your emotions and your mental in a tailspin, it affects your physical. You, you get to panic attacks, your anxiety, you become depressed and stressed. So, life throws a curveball. I'm going to say to you, how are you going to deal with it? What tools are you going to use? Because if it ain't happened, it potentially could if you ain't already sitting in it right now. But find you an outlet, find you some groups, find you a psychiatrist, find you somebody that you can talk to that can walk with you through that journey. That's all you need. And most of all, pray. That's the biggest thing you do. Give it to Jesus. Ask him to send you somebody. And if you know if he sends you somebody, you know they're there for the right reasons. But I hope and I pray that these messages is helpful um, and even on replay. I hope it makes an impact. I hope it leaves an impression. I hope it causes us to think. I hope it causes us to be more compassionate and more understanding, more caring one for another. And I hope it, it teaches us, we as women, uh, we are our sister's keeper, whether we want to realize it or not. But how you keep your sister will make that difference. And if you're not going to genuinely keep her, don't try to keep her at all. Don't be no keeper. Don't do that. If you're not going to do it from the heart, you're not going to be honest and transparent and love her genuinely. Don't do it. Don't be a fake friend. Don't be a fake family member. Don't pretend to be one thing in, her, in their presence and be something else behind their back. Don't do that because I'm going to tell you this. They may not know it or see it, but God knows and he sees it and he know why you're doing what you're doing, when you're doing, and if you're doing it for the right reasons. And that's where accountability come in. And that's where karma and reaping and sowing come in as well. All right. All right. So I hope this message has helped you. Make sure you follow us on all our social media outlets. That's Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, TikTok, 
subscribe to the YouTube channel, go check out toawomansheart.com, and then go over to the store, toawomansheart.store, with t-shirts that speaks to the heart of the woman. Purchase a t-shirt, share um, this group with other women, share the social media outlets, or oh, there's social media outlet for women, if you have a business, toawomansheart.org. We're building a sisterhood. Um, I don't sit here to try to convince anybody. I'm just trying to help. That's all I'm trying to do. Uh, on my worst days, and even today for me, it's not a good day. But still, I push forward. I push through. I've completed my assignment for today, and God is pleased. That's all I can say. So I say for you, um, pray for me. I'll pray for you. Let us pray for each other. And let's lift each other up instead of tearing each other down. We all have some things that we're dealing with. Everybody has something that they're dealing with, that they're struggling with. Let's pray for each other. Let's be encouraging. Make sure you post some motivation, some empowering things on the social media outlets. Um, and let's make a difference. And I'm still going to figure out how to work this giveaway because I really don't know. But I'm going to figure out how to work it. I got um, a couple of items I'm going to be giving away. I ask that you share so we can rock these numbers and build them up and let us reach the masses. I want to say I personally thank you for tuning in. I thank you when even you don't feel like getting on, you're getting on. I thank you for even those who watch in the replay. And a lot of the views come from the replay. I thank you for that as well. Make sure you share. Let's share. You never know what conversation can help somebody else. So let's share, let's be that sisterhood that we was intended to be. All right. Uh, and if there is some content that you would like to talk about, you would like to see something changed up, let me know. My niece talk about makeup, but I don't know. Y'all let me know about that. Let's talk about that. So you can send me an email at toawomansheart at gmail.com or you can DM me. Let me know your thought process on what you would like to see on To A Woman's Heart. All right. Sending much love to you. Many hugs and much prayer. All right. Take care, everybody.